You are listening to the Farm to Fork podcast, the show that was created for food manufacturers. Each week, we'll investigate into the food industry and dive deeper with the latest leaders in technology and innovation. Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Andy. And we're from Carlisle Technology. The BDC has been helping finance the food industry for a long time. Established in 1944, they've developed a great reputation for both finance and advisory services. We're excited to have Nathan and Don join us on the Farm to Fork podcast today. Do you guys want to go ahead and give us a little bit of an introduction on yourselves and give us some information about how you got involved with the BDC? Yes, of course. Thank you very much, Andy and Joe, for having us. And I must say, I've been following this podcast for a while now, and it's an incredible feat that you guys are achieving here through this platform. All those articles I'm just uh, reviewing in the top of my mind, the sanitary issues in the food, the meat and poultry industries, and all those relevant issues that are discussing, it's very significant in this time frame. And as you rightly mentioned, very few people are aware of what goes into the food processing and the manufacturing process itself, right? Amazing, guys. And uh, thanks much for having us. I work with a ton of food manufacturers myself day to day, and it's relevant to discuss these opportunities available for the entrepreneurs in this industry and most significantly talk about the accessibility to finance programs and features available to the food manufacturers, right? So thank you. And uh, by by way of background, I, I was a newcomer to Canada back in 2019 with over eight years of experience in commercial finance. Number crunching and imbibing the financial statement has always been my foray. When I looked into the similar industry, BDC topped the list with its unique mandate and uh, the working environments that I could read from the Google reviews. I joined in 2019 in the mid-market space and I was domiciled in Scarborough and luck would have it, I soon fell in love with what I do. And uh God has been kind enough to get a terrific journey so far and touch wood, I hope the momentum goes on. I must say this, uh, working with entrepreneurs has always been a passion. Um, I get a sense of accomplishment as I work with them, work through the challenges that help these businesses grow. I come from a background, my dad has been an entrepreneur himself. He was into wholesale distribution of clothing and I've seen the ups and downs of his journey. And well, that has made me all the more interested in introspecting the entrepreneurial life itself. It's good. Yeah, it helps to have it in the family, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And uh, about current role in BDC, I am uh, manager major accounts for medium and large companies offer financing and advisory services with a special affinity towards the food and beverage manufacturers. However, we are industry agnostics and any business with annual revenues of more than 2 million up to 50 million falls under the mid-market space, also known as commercial banking in chartered banking terms. In a much more recent update, I've been assigned as the team lead for food and beverage companies in the GTA. As you know, that industry has got a huge traction and that explains why we are having this conversation in the first place. Yeah, no, it's good. Don, how about you? Thanks again for having us today. It's a pleasure to be here. I joined BDC 19 years ago, and it's gone by in a blink. How I came to be here 
was I started out of university at another major FI and was doing a lot of collaborative work and complementary work between that bank and BDC to help support SMEs. And then an opportunity came to me to join BDC and I took advantage of that great opportunity. And again, 19 years later, I'm still here. It's been great. I think the mandate speaks to a lot of BDC employees because of how we play a complementary role for financing and advisory to help the Canadian companies grow not only locally in the GTA in Ontario, but across the country. Roles that I've had here have included a financing account manager like my colleague Nithin. I've also been a business center manager for various locations throughout Ontario. And presently, I'm in the bank's advisory services group, which has been incredibly rewarding. As much as financing is important to help Canadian companies grow and prosper, particularly those in food and beverage manufacturing that have a lot of capital needs, equally important is building capacity operational optimization, technology adoption in order to be efficient, continue to grow revenues and improve those companies' bottom line so they can continue to invest. So I'm delighted to be here. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for that background from yourself, Don and Nathan. You know, very happy to have you both on the Farm the Fork podcast with us today. So to kind of get right into, you know, the history of the BDC and the food industry. So, you know, who is the BDC and how do they exactly serve food industry? That's wonderful. Thanks for asking that question. Before speaking about that, I'd like to give some highlights on the BDC food and beverage industry outlook. And that'll clearly explain why there is so much of emphasis on this particular industry, right? The food and beverage manufacturing and processing space alone is a $144 billion industry, having a 15% year to year over year growth. And we have identified that at almost 8,000 food and beverage manufacturers, which is an increase of 288 year over year, mainly in the other food and beverage segments. And there has been an exponential increase of 19% in exports compared to the previous years. And food and beverage manufacturers transforms inputs into the value-added food and beverage products, which are distributed to the food retailers, restaurants, and consumers. So I think this is a good enough context. And we also would like to say that we support numerous businesses at various development stages who are in the food and beverage manufacturing transformation, transport and storage, wholesale distribution, and other business services, right? As such, our portfolio is heavily tilted towards the food and beverage industry. Now, speaking about BDC, BDC is a bank for entrepreneurs. In fact, we are the only Canadian bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs who are making an outstanding contribution to our communities, to Canada's prosperity every day, right? And we are fortunate enough to work with over 100,000 of them running businesses, as I said, all stages of development in all industry. So we lend, invest, and advise these businesses. And our mandate is definitely to make them more productive, more agile, more profitable, and more resilient. And I believe that uh, we can do a lot to help them achieve all that. That's really cool. It sounds like you guys have penetrated the industry really well. and You've supported it quite a bit over the years. Can you tell us just how, what's the relationship between the BDC and the government of Canada? BDC is a crown corporation. And we fall currently under the Ministry of Innovation, Science, and Economic Development. And since 1944, BDC has evolved over time. But day to day, the work that Nathan and I and our colleagues across the country do, we really know exactly what is expected of us in order to help 
not only support BDC's business objectives and our mandate, but also helping to support the Government of Canada's special initiatives, whether, again, of course, supporting manufacturing, in particular food and beverage, but also some newer initiatives such as clean tech or climate change, and certainly diversity and inclusion, to name a few. So we help support the government and the country, our SMEs, in various ways through, like we said before, of course, financing capital and lots of resources on our public website, which is bdc.ca. And I would like to add that in terms of our reach, wonderful, Don, thank you. And in terms of our reach, we support the entrepreneurs from our local business centers located coast to coast among our communities itself. And we are committed to do a long-term success of the Canadian entrepreneurs. And we understand that our business is more than just dollars. We have extensive network of trusted advisors, just like my colleague Don here, across the country who talk to business owners on a daily day basis, which provides them with great insights and feedback on the challenges and opportunities they face. Right. And uh, we must also say that we take pride in saying that we are a complimentary lender to the role played by the private sector finance institutions and uh, have been serving the Canadian entrepreneur since 1944. That's over 75 years and uh, ultimately helping the businesses with the right advices, which is both sustainable and long term at the same time. I think it's cool that you guys support the entrepreneurs and just I mean, it's probably so rewarding to see them go from, you said, anywhere in that startup cycle all the way through to, you know, growing their business and expanding it. I also think it's really neat that you guys kind of support the industry from everything from transportation, like you were saying, to logistics, to the actual food manufacturing. It's, you kind of cover it end to end, which is really cool. You're not just kind of isolated in one piece of it. You mentioned a little bit about, you know, how the BDC's approach to supporting food businesses has evolved over the years. Can you speak a little bit more to that since your earliest iteration being the Industrial Development Bank and, you know, throughout the years, how you guys have kind of grown within the space? Yes. With regard to the history of BDC, and you can certainly find out a lot about the bank and its history online, but just for the benefit of today's podcast, I'll share with you that in 1944, BDC did start as the Industrial Development Bank, um, and the importance of it was to help, in part, support the manufacturing and the war effort, and then evolved over time to help support Canadian SMEs and other spaces. And the bank does go through a government review, its mandate, its objectives periodically over the years. And with that, the bank continued to evolve and transitioned in 1975 to the Federal Development Bank of Canada, again, expanding our scope to different sectors from transportation, logistics, professional services, but at our core, always helping to support manufacturing. Manufacturing, particularly food and beverage, is super important to the Canadian economy. Economy. We export a lot of what we manufacture, which also so supports the country and our financial prosperity. So that has been still one of our most important sectors throughout this evolution. In 1995, we became the Business Development Bank of Canada and continued to expand our services through financing, advisory, growth and transition capital, venture capital, and various other initiatives over the years. So it is simple in some ways because we offer term financing and advisory services, and yet very interesting and complex because of our complementary role and various initiatives that we're able to undertake as BDC, and that's who we are today. 
Oh, that's cool. So let me ask you this then. Why do you think that food manufacturers choose to go with the BDC? I mean, I'm sure there's lots of different options out there. So what kind of sets you guys apart? Well, certainly from advisory services to start, and then I'll speak about financial and then ask Nathan to chime in. BDC, having the ability to offer those advisory solutions is super important. And a client, a business can come to BDC and get both of those really important factors to their company by way of not only getting loans, but also getting the advisory. So what does that mean? A company that might be starting out may need to get certifications in hand as they're growing. Perhaps they need food quality and health safety certifications in order to win a contract. So that could be HACCP certification. It could also be an ISO certification for the food sector called GFSI, and BDC could help support them in getting those initiatives put in place. Additionally, as they're growing, starting out, they will need some kind of technology adoption, whether that is accounting systems, sales, production, to name a few. We can help those businesses, you know, source that kind of technology that would be best suited to help their company and its growth and its challenges and its opportunities. Those are just a few highlights of why a business and a processor may come to BDC is one-stop shop, not to mention the terms and conditions of our financing solutions. I must also say that with regards to our financing fees, we are highly flexible We are highly supportive and we have a higher risk tolerance. For example, we offer repayment schedules to match the client's cash flow cycle. And when our clients hit a rough patch, we have a dedicated team of people who go in and help them turn turn the business around, right? And we also provide guidance and support as and when it is needed. As uh, Don was talking about the national network of consultants who offer affordable, practical business advices. And people are highly connected regionally as well. I must say our our due diligence template, due diligence thesis that we look at, we look at the client's business as a whole, including management expertise, potential for growth, and viability of the particular project itself when they come and make a request for financing. We want to optimize their financial resources by offering repayment terms tailored to their business cycle and needs, and the clients can count on the professional advices our relationship managers provide. We also believe that a loan is so much more than interest rate itself. What we do is a value proposition for the business's growth ultimately, and that is demanded as well, right? BDC's lending terms are designed to give our clients additional financial control. I want to say also flexibility, operational efficiency, and thereby making us as a trusted partner. Most importantly, our loans are non-demand. So when BDC is committing a term, we are committed to that, a long-term solution to the client. I think it's cool that it's more like a partnership is what it seems like. You're not just worried about, you know, collecting on payments and, and that sort of thing. You want to see the entrepreneurs be successful. And even in the fact that you were saying that, you know, if there's something wrong and they're not able to kind of make their repayments and things like that, that you don't just clamp down on them, but you try to have some advisory services that jump in there to kind of help them get up and kind of correct where maybe things are going wrong within the business. So I think that's a huge asset. Yes. And on that note, I would also like to point out that with businesses at different stages, we're able to tailor our solutions for the size of the company because a business at a million dollars in revenue will be different than a processor, food manufacturer, part of that supply chain at $20 million in revenue. It becomes more complex. So do have 
resources and sources available regardless of the size of company. And we're here to connect those businesses with the right opportunities and offers. Many times we can do that all in-house through advisory services or other free resources that we have, such as webinars that are hosted and newsletters and blogs that are all available on our website. But one of the other reasons a lot of clients value BDC is our position in the economy and in the ecosystem. We being who we are and central to all the FIs, credit unions, other players in the ecosystem like our sister Crown Corps Export Development Canada, Farm Credit Canada, Community Futures Development Corporations, just to name a few. We know other players that can help them, players being partners or other organizations that can help these businesses. And we are great connectors to find the best solution. If it can't be accomplished internally at BDC, our breadth of knowledge and network can help these companies meet their business objectives. That's great. Yeah, I think it's very interesting and definitely you know, acceptable to the market that the BDC has the ability to specifically tailor, curate, and develop a solution depending on a business's size, um, their revenue targets, and what they're really looking to accomplish. Could you speak a little bit more to the insights and, you know, into the criteria and factors that a processor would consider when choosing to partner with the BDC and what that process would look like? Yes, if it's with regard to advisory services, the business owner, the processor would want to understand where they are in the market and what advice is it that they're looking for. So is leadership something that the business owner is looking to improve upon? Perhaps, again, as I noted before, a business may have started out quite small and as their business has grown, they now have managers in place, different lines of business, various markets, maybe multiple locations. That CEO or co-CEO may be looking for more development for themselves in terms of working on the business instead of in the business. And they could look to BDC to help support them in building that business acumen in order to continue to meet their business growth objectives. Also, they may consider BDC for overall business strategy, their sales and marketing initiatives, and also getting a better understanding of overall financial management. This is really important, especially right now in a climate of rising interest rates and raw material costs, transportation and logistics expense that have also gone up. So are they pricing appropriately? Is our operations efficient? Can they forecast accordingly? Can they manage their cash flow? Are they able to better understand that so that their line of credit that they have with their other financial institution remains viable? So with all of that, a business can work with BDC advisory services in order to help them achieve some of those objectives and build better knowledge in order to help them run their company more profitably at the end of the day. Thanks, Don. So, you know, I talked a little bit about how, you know, the BDC, you know, it seems like you guys really take on a partnership role with your customers. And I think that's amazing. So how does the BDC kind of foster long-term relationships with food manufacturers? And then how do they continue to support them throughout their growth and expansion of their companies? It's really important to BDC to build a long-term relationship with our clients. And it happens organically and somewhat intentionally. And I'll explain why and how that works. Most of our financing is longer 
amortizations. So whether it be working capital from five to seven years, equipment from five to 12 years, commercial real estate upwards of 25 years, one way or another, we are going to be building some kind of long-term relationship with a business and a processor. When it comes to advisory services, we would also go on a bit of a journey with that client, maybe doing repeat engagements with them. Such as I mentioned before, we might start off with helping them build their financial management acumen, and then they may have an opportunity to buy another company. And maybe we start talking about strategic planning. Maybe they want to expand their markets globally and we help them with their international market expansion. So we will work with our clients repeatedly. Also on the financing side, perhaps we've started and helped them buy their first piece of equipment. And I've seen this happen many times over the years. And as that equipment helps them move from manual labor into more automation, which means they're growing, which means they need more space. And now we're looking at helping them get out of maybe leased premises into their own commercial real estate. Doing repeated financing options and solutions for them will, again, also help us build long-term relationships. And then last but not least is just building those trusted partner connections. As I mentioned before, inviting our clients to events that we host, tapping them into other resources that might be available. We really have a, a passion to help them grow and be prosperous. And that is something that happens over time. And building those relationships come with years of communication and relationships and helping to support them in any way that we can. Or at, like I mentioned before, if we can't, we'll find someone who perhaps can do so. No, I think that's absolutely great. You know, you want to develop those long-term relationships, foster, grow, enable, and then support them on the journey to hit whatever sort of goals they have in terms of their operational capacity. So I think that's absolutely great. Let's speak a little bit to some of the common misconceptions about the BDC. So, you know, can you speak to a little bit about what you guys don't do and if there are any areas that the BDC is looking to expand to maybe now or in the future? Yes. So some common misconceptions might be that we only support startups. And while we'll certainly look at enterprises that are in those early stages, that is true. It is not all we do. In fact, we are super keen on high growth companies that are looking for expansion opportunities. So whether you are $1 million in revenue or less, you know, upwards of $100 million or more, uh, we are looking to help support those companies. So sometimes I think we're misunderstood in terms of segments that we're interested in, but we absolutely would be happy to chat with companies at any stage and see what the opportunities are for us to work together or refer you to other trusted partners. And then years ago, one of the bank's mandates was that you had to go to different lenders and actually be declined. This was under an old, old mandate of the bank, actually when it was FDBD, and the bank became had a notion where we might have been known as the lender of last resort. That's a 40-year-old criteria that hasn't existed for decades, but sometimes that comes up. So we do take more risks. We are in the market to help Canadian companies. Our portfolio, very strong, and we are excited to see the growth that we'll continue to have, serving over 95,000 businesses across this great country. So those are a couple of misconceptions. Don't want to dwell on them. Just would point them out. 
I would like to speak about banking facilities that we normally don't take on unconventional to the traditional banks that we have, right? So we don't have checking accounts or savings account that you regularly see in any other chartered banks that you call it. We don't offer the cash management services or we don't provide the operating lines of credit, term deposits, investment certificate of any sort, RRSPs, insurance, interest-free. And most importantly, we don't provide any interest free loans or grants as such whatever we offer or are on commercial terms however we don't do anything related to the residential and non-commercial loans and i must also say that we don't take on the leasing facilities of that at all we don't provide any other leasing facilities as well so uh, many a times i have observed that the banks itself the traditional lenders itself will bring us in to have a wider participation on their lending projects to give more breathing room for their operational facilities, right? So as I mentioned in the earlier conversation that we take pride in saying that we are a complementary lender in the lending space because the banks itself appreciate us coming in and uh, having a structured solution to the client, which is a win-win for all of the parties involved. I think that's kind of a great segue then into what does the BDC actually do then? So can you tell us a little bit about the BDC's corporate financing? Absolutely. Wonderful. So at the end of the day, we are a bank. We provide patient and flexible lending. BDC offers entrepreneurs access to the working capital so that they can invest in anything related to to the capital acquisitions like a missionary, renovate their facilities, finance key growth projects, and even cover the cash flow caused by any kinds of disruptions. For example, there was a recent supply chain disruption uh, wherein majority of the food and beverage companies and clients were having challenges and this was addressed. This can be addressed with the one-time injection of the system. And to talk about the flexibilities, I've been quite often using the word flexibilities. This is why the flexibilities play a key role in the entrepreneurial journey. We offer them longer repayment periods, even the repayment schedules matched with their cash flow cycle. We offer them straight line and blended payment options so that the client can make it customized as per their business cycles. We have a higher risk tolerance. We have highly customized terms and conditions, and that will not be changing under any due course. And that can be assisting with the growth capital itself. We offer loans in Canadian and US dollar, and we provide them with equity withdrawal to any to fund any kinds of growth projects that they might have. We are heavy on the principal postponements and light on the covenants as well, which explains the flexibility again. And through our wholesale financing team, we work in partnership with the other finance institutions. We call it the syndicated financing and other private sector lenders to provide the clients with the financing that they need when they need it. Right. And this financing is available with various other programs as well. As Don was suggesting for smaller emerging finance and leasing companies with fewer assets, we also offer secure lending under the same platform. So that's just of what we do in the corporate financing side. Oh, that's perfect. <clears throat> Thank you for that apt analysis. Absolutely. And so do you want to talk a little bit more about how the BDC gets into venture capital and GTC? Yes. With regard to venture capital, BDC is Canada's largest and most active venture capital investor. Our equity investment approach and expert advice and a vast network across technology innovators makes us unique in this particular space, especially in Canada. What I would suggest for anyone who may be 
interested in learning more about venture capital would be to visit the bank's website. And there's a whole section there on venture capital. There's a variety of different funds available from sustainability to climate to technology to women in technology funds. So they could uh, investigate whether or not their particular product service innovation may be applicable to that special, unique kind of financing and and equity that might be available. With regard to GTC, let me uh, speak about that acronym. It is called the Growth and Transition Capital. What this particular financing instrument can do is to help a business use some of their current cash flow in order to access equity for growth. Sometimes a business needs to make investments in non-tangible assets. Maybe it's new inventory for a new product line. It's difficult to finance inventory, particularly raw materials, because there's no value to it as a, as a tangible asset. But looking at forecasts, looking at the future potential, some of this growth capital that BDC could provide will help this company look to meet new revenue targets that it has or a customer who's been looking for a new product line and this client of ours is able to maybe capitalize on getting the financing it needs to take a risk or you know a calculated risk in terms of going down into a new line of business or product or service. So growth and transition capital can help with non-tangible financing needs as well as targeting an acquisition. So perhaps an existing food manufacturer now would like to build some adjacencies. Perhaps they want to get into their own packaging or their own shipping. And in order to do that, they could purchase an existing supplier of theirs in order to grow. And we can help them potentially leverage that and uh, make that acquisition. And then on the advisory side, that could lead into looking for some support on that post-merger work that would need to be done to integrate those various lines of business that might have been acquired. So that's a little bit about two other ways in which BDC provides capital to the market. I think that's great to hear that the BDC offers a wide multitude of, let's call it inputs in order to be able to get into capital, whether it be, you know, venture capital or the GDC, as you just described. I think there's a lot of different ways in which a processor can look towards the BDC in order to finance their vision for their facility. Upon doing a little bit of my own research, I understand that the BDC has some digital solutions as well. Could either one of you speak to client space in the BDC mobile app that is provided? Yeah, of course. So ClientSpace is the platform that has been developed in BDC to be closer with the client. This is what we can call it is the portal for BDC's clients itself. It's extremely user-friendly platform, very easy to navigate, reliable, and it contains up-to-the-minute account information that the client have, can access and get it uh, with respect to their accounting. It provides greater security. It provides greater reliability and confidentiality than I could say email, fax, or any other mails, right? The clients can do multitude of functionalities in the portal. They can request additional financing regardless of the amount. They can electronically sign a letter of offer and other documents. They can communicate and exchange documents with the BDC representative, follow evolution of the financing request, where, what stage is it in? Uh, is there any documents request? 
is presented by them what is the kind of timeline that we are talking about so there is an absolute transparency in the whole process right and the advisory mandate as well they can have a dashboard to see what is the progress on that uh, how many hours are spent on the advisory project how many hours are more to be spent on that they can even with respect to the transactions they can consult the debit and billing statements they can check the account balances payment history assign account access to multiple levels in the company for example uh, a well defined organizational structure company might have to give the access to their cfo they might have to give the access of the portal to their accountant so that they will have hands on information on what is happening with the bdc debt uh, what is the kind of repayment cycle that we are going through they can match it with their cash flow cycles as well right and about bdc mobile this is a smart app for the entrepreneurs it's an application available in app store now anybody can download who's a client and they can log in with the bdc's account credentials they can see if they have a pre-authorized loan offer in that they can view the loan balance again the flexibilities that we offer in the client space that can be downloaded i mean that can be disseminated through an app itself they can receive in-app and push notifications if they have any kinds of a notification in the app they can read the content relevant to their businesses and based on their interests uh, they can view information about the financial performances this is the most important functionality of pdc mobile we have a dashboard with up to 13 key performance indicators that can be with respect to their gross margins, net profit margins, current ratios, inventory turnover, accounts receivable, collection period, receivables turnover, assets turnover, how many days the inventory uh, takes it to turn. Even they can look into the debt to equity ratios of the business as well. So with the smart app in your phone, all these information is available, which are the key performance indicators of the business itself. So once you have access to this, you are on the top of your mind with all the numbers. And if you're speaking with any lender, for example, if you're speaking with your operating lender, all the numbers are at handy, right? So with BDC Mobile, entrepreneurs can access their account at any time and bank from anywhere. Sounds like that's a pretty huge asset. I know just being able to have a, an app and just to quickly be able to go in and like you said, check those KPIs or uh, see how business is doing or where you're at with getting approved for loans and things like that. I think that that's huge, especially these days. So, but let's go into, so I, you know, learning about the BDC, I kind of assumed you guys did all the financial stuff. So I think that's great. But what I kind of caught me was that you guys actually offer a lot of advisory services as well, too. And I think that that is a really unique offering. So can you just tell us how the BDC gets involved with advising clients? BDC has been in existence for almost 80 years. And for approximately 40 of those years, advisory services has been part of the bank's offering just as I mentioned before, really important to help owners build their acumen around their business functionalities and capabilities. I won't repeat some of the other areas in detail that I've already spoke about where we help in advisory services, only to recap the ones I have mentioned, which was leadership and management, business strategy, sales and marketing, financial management as a place that we can start with businesses in order to help them in those particular functional areas. Ones I haven't mentioned so far today is around people strategy, also known as human resources. In today's labor market, seeing the challenges that it is, certainly there's opportunities for businesses to retain and attract the best talent possible. And we do have some strategies and solutions available for businesses if they are looking to embark on making some investment into their people strategy. Also, really important area of work that we do, particularly around 
processors is operational efficiency. What we like to say is from the time there's an order to it converts all the way to cash, where are there opportunities to improve processes and policies and procedures to remove redundancy, manual work, duplication, lack of communication across departments. We do a lot of great initiatives and offer various solutions to help Canadian SMEs with their operational efficiency. As a result of that work, we also then identify, as the client usually has as well, needs for technology adoption. And I'll just expand here briefly, whether it is a full-fledged new system selection, such as an ERP, that a company may now be looking at making the investment in, or if they simply need one application that will speak with their accounting system, such as maybe an inventory management system, a warehouse management system, a sales platform, we can help with that particular requirement. At present, as we sit here today, there is a initiative through the federal government, through ICED, called the Canadian Digital Adoption Plan. And BDC is one of the service providers to help clients access the information that they need in order to make these investments. There is a grant that is available to help support some of that needs assessment. And after undertaking that assessment, there is the opportunity to apply to BDC for an interest-free loan to help make those particular technology investments that the business was looking to do. So there's certainly more information available online, certainly on our website and or if a business was to Google Canadian Digital Adoption Plan and look for the federal government logo for the full slate of information on that initiative to help with technology adoption, it's all available online. Do your clients need to be engaged with uh, like a financial product, like be, you know, have a loan with you or something like that in order to be able to use your advisory services or are they kind of two separate categories of offerings? Great question. They do not have to be a financing client. In fact, I do receive plenty of introductions from other financial institutions, accountants, other clients, whereby they may introduce me to a food manufacturer or someone in that supply chain to help them with one of these advisory needs that they may have, and they do not have to be a a financing client. That said, probably the majority of those that do advisories with us um, do it they are financing clients because we're already a trusted partner and it's a natural segue, but it is not a requirement whatsoever. Yeah. So I think it's been a great discussion so far talking and, you know, going through the history of the BDC, what they can offer to the food and beverage industry from a financing and advisory perspective. But let's take a little look into the Canadian food and beverage industry as a whole for the outlook. So how did the food and beverage industry do in 2022? And do you have some key highlights maybe from 2022 that you'd like to share? Of course, it has been an interesting year in the last couple of years that you've observed in the food and beverage industry. At the onset of a pandemic, as we all know, there was so much of confusions, so much of anticipation, so much of confusions around. But I can say 2021, immediately after the pandemic was settling down, there was a period of intense growth in the food and beverage industry. The sales grew by over 14.8%. It outperformed the manufacturing sector as a whole. One thing the pandemic has proven is that the manufacturers can adapt to the abrupt shifts in the demand from food services and they can move to food retail, right? 
So at, after peaking the, the height of pandemic, grocery store sales volume are now back to normal. And these lower volume should be counterbalanced by the increased sales to the restaurants. I can clearly say that uh, swing is already happening. And following a record year in 2021, the industry should continue to grow despite the challenges. However, there are some headwinds. I'd speak about the headwinds in a short while. The labor scarcity and inflationary pressures will be a major issues that the entrepreneurs should be addressing. The commodity prices will be high as a result of global supply chain disruptions, as I just spoke about. There is a sustained demand and the supply is not up to the mark. There is an interesting observation that the there is a strong consumer spending supported by higher savings from the 2021. Caught guilty, I am one of them as well. But it is expected that the, the food spending growth and inflationary pressures will be a major challenge that should be addressed. And in terms of the headwinds in the industry, there is a rising input prices that should be addressed in a very short span of time. It has been served in the last two years. It has been putting a lot of pressure on the margins for these clients and almost almost 60 to 70 percent of this manufacturers are facing this and they are not able to transfer it to the clients yet i'll speak about how to transfer the pricing and how to translate this pricing with the clients in a short while i've also observed this is all available in our industry outlook in 2022 and available in our website in bdc's website the report says that 78 percent of the manufacturers are struggling to hire that and that is a trend that will be lasting for another decade or so and the report also says that only 25% of the manufacturers have any kinds of automation in their business, highlighting there is a huge potential to increase efficiency. Right. And as I was speaking about the labor shortage, the issues are a new phenomenon now in the last two years or something. The issue is amplified thanks to the limited pool of available workers and highly competitive recruited environment. Driving issues being the aging population and uh, accompanying decrease in our labor force participation. So the report suggests that these labor shortages will be well lasting into the next decade or so. And this is challenging. This is challenging for us to address at this point because only 41% of the consumers are making decisions about living healthier and, you know, premium pricing might be, may not be the option for them at this point because of the inflationary pressures and other counterbalancing activities in the industry. I know, you know, kind of like you said, back in 2021, you know, we saw a big boom for our company as well, too, just on strictly from demand from food manufacturers to adding production lines and production capacity. So we had record years, both last year and this year, 2021 and 2022. But I think everybody can kind of see, like you said, the headwinds or the storms kind of on the horizon. So how would you say food manufacturers can ensure that they're ready for any sort of changes in the economy or, like you said, headwinds that might be coming up in the near future? With regard to the question, I think some companies and processors would probably feel that the headwinds are around maybe maybe rising interest rates. It can't be you know, ignored that certainly rates have increased and therefore the cost of borrowing is greater. And therefore, any investments that they would make to have better automation, productivity, technology adoption may in fact be more expensive for them today than it was two years ago. But I would encourage businesses to consider the business case and still making those investments, going ahead with their projects, because during my two plus decades in this environment, certainly, as we all know, interest rates 
interest rates will rise and fall. And so if it is good for your business and your business case to make those investments in technology, automation, robotics, people, sales and marketing, build it in, do the financial modeling so that it still makes sense for you to consider making those adaptations to your company. Speaking with the preparations for this challenges faced in or maybe an economic slowdown, as I mentioned, the food and beverage space is highly adaptive and they have always been quick to respond to these stimuli. I would like to highlight some of the key aspects in pre- while preparing the business for these economic slowdowns. Controlling costs being the most important aspect of it. The business owner might have to monitor the cost for ingredients, packaging, shipping and labor in detail and in real time. This can help them determine whether a price adjustment is actually required to maintain the profitability for the business or not. Uh, But nonetheless, the business might want to consider adjusting the prices. And if you're doing so, I would strongly suggest be upfront with the customers about the reasons for the increase in prices. I would also consider downsizing or reducing the weight of the SKUs, the stock keeping units, to avoid uh, changes in the prices quite often. I would also suggest be selective and be open for customization. Discontinue the products that are barely or not profitable. Invest in high value added products. Don't be shy in seeking out the substitutes, of course, without sacrificing the quality and new suppliers with whom they can negotiate fairly. Needless to mention, the focus on marketing with a chunk of help from our BDC advisory services with my colleague here, Don, and assess the marketing and promotion expenses, keep the most effective ones, build a loyalty with the existing customers to sell them more, and look for efficiencies, review the process continuously because it's a continuous process, reduce waste and improve on the output, consider productivity, enhancing automation. Uh, Automation is the key here and upgrades to the technology and equipment, which is an ongoing process as well. This can be reducing the effects of any kinds of uh, changes and slowdowns to the economy on a longer run. No, I think that's great, Nathan, and thank you so much. It's very invaluable information to our audience who is looking for ways to be more financially, operationally, and, you know, just generally more efficient overall and how they can start to prepare for what's coming down the line in 2023 from an economic perspective. So I think that's great. And so to kind of start to wrap up, you know, what would your call to action be today for our audience? I know you guys have mentioned that your website has been a very, you know, pivotal tool for, you know, trying to recruit prospective, you know, individuals who are looking to use utilize the BDC services, but, you know, what other, you know, resources or ways that, you know, our audience can get in touch with you guys in the BDC? Wonderful. I'm glad that you asked that. So if you go to our website, bdc.ca, there is a section called articles and tools. These are the free resources available for any entrepreneurs or, or anybody who's looking to start a business. So it can talk about how to start a business, how to buy a business even. And while doing so, they have to address the strategies, how to manage their business, how to scale up, how to manage their growth, how to innovate. These are all the articles available in there about accessibility to the finance, how to get financing, and significantly, if they're going for a commercial real estate, whether to buy or go with leasing, how to manage their finances, how to get better prepared for real estate acquisitions or any other capital acquisitions that they have, other business functionalities like marketing, uh, how to do the sales in terms of uh, U.S. expansions or any other exporting, how to manage their employees, how to manage the recruitment, how to maintain the retentions in the companies, other business functionalities like operational efficiencies, how to improve on the inventory management, if the business is requiring any sort of certification. So all in all, 
any business functionalities that they can think of we have specific and dedicated resources available on the website it's very easy to access just go into bdc.ca and there is a section called articles and tools that can talk about all the major business functionalities that is available out there it can even speak about the entrepreneur skills it's how to become an effective effective leader how to be better in terms of leader than a boss right how to become a better communicator how to improve your networking connecting with the right resources is the key when it when when you are in an entrepreneurial industry and how to be sustainable right that's also the key that everybody is speaking about being green going sustainable how to do that what are the actions that you should be considering when you're going green when you're going sustainable so all these articles are covered in our website and i would strongly recommend all of the entrepreneurs to go through our articles and resources which is completely free of cost additionally as far as a call to action we would encourage any client, company, someone thinking of starting a business to reach out to their local business center in their community. There's over 144 locations, physical locations across the country, in addition to our online financing team, as well as our client contact center. So by all means, please reach out uh, and find a contact if you don't already have one. And also on our website, um, in addition to the articles and tools, there's often uh, free webinars uh, and newsletters that someone could subscribe to in order to find topics of interest that are relevant to their particular business or market that they're looking to expand into. So hopefully that is helpful to our audience or your audience rather today and how BDC can help support uh, their growth aspirations. Well, thanks so much for being a guest on our podcast. We really enjoyed kind of learning more about the BDC and seeing how you guys have helped support the food industry over the last, would you say, since 1944. So I think that that's just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, you guys have been a wealth of knowledge and we very much appreciate your time coming on to the podcast with us today. Thanks again. Thank you very much for having us, Andy and Joe. Good luck with the show and uh, it's going in the right direction. I wish you all the very best for this. We appreciate it. And likewise, thank you so much.